Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder. Renew your plates today. Visit HarvardWestern.com. Today we have the latest winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. The winner is from east of Weyburn with seating about half done. We have a dire warning about a shortage of world food supplies this year. That's from Canada's food professor. We also have an update on vastly improved grain movement. Real Agriculture looks at soybean crop production. We look at Ukrainian wheat exports, drought in the U.S. and winter kill of bees. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Today's 620 CKRM Country Cookout winner farms in the Griffin Creelman District of Southeast Saskatchewan. Kristen Kotz's seeding on the 4,500-acre farm is about 50% complete. Right now, we're like halfway through, so we're doing pretty good. We started on the 30th of April, which is insane, right? Because there's snow in the bushes, and it's kind of, well, we we'll take the truck, and if it didn't sink, the tractor could go through. So we fired her up, and off we went, and we seeded wheat. And we've been chuggling along, but Mother Nature hasn't been very helpful. It's, well, it's been good and bad. Lots of rain, a little too much rain. If we got some good weather, straight we could be done by end of May. So, I understand you've got land in a whole bunch of locations. Outline the progress in, in the areas. Well, um, right now we're in the Griffin-Fillmore area, and there's tractors out there, seeds, but it's, slow progress I think because we got a lot of rain in the Weyburn Fillmore area so hopefully we can get better. <laughs> How is the soil moisture? Tabletop beautiful that's what we think we think it's pretty awesome we haven't seen good moisture like this in a, quite a while. What do you hope to seed this year? Well we're seeding uh, wheat, durum, canola and mustard this year. What are your thoughts on prices? The wheat prices last couple of days have sure been going up, skyrocketing even. Yeah, it's a uh, it's great to have good prices because of the price of what's going on of everything like Roundup and all your sprays, your fertilizer, your gas. It's it's uh it'll even it out, and yeah, it's pretty nice to see those prices. And hopefully, they stick around for harvest. Contrast this year from last year at this time. What's it like? What's the difference? Last year was dry. Like, the Mother Nature didn't help us. You know, it was pretty dry and hot weather, and the grasshopper sure didn't help the situation for anything. And this year, it's uh, cool weather, so I don't see many weeds popping up so fast. And I think we got rain right off the bat, so that's good. So hopefully it'll keep 
the rain will keep away the grasshoppers and hopefully we can be good. I think all farmers will be happy with the current situation if we just get the crop in and Mother Nature helps us. Kristen Cott farms in the Griffin Creelman area of southeast Saskatchewan and is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Canada's food professor had a warning for the Commons Finance Committee this week. Dr. Sylvain Charlebois says a variety of factors are leading to short supplies of food, fertilizer and commodities like wheat. Charlebois believes Canada will be somewhat isolated from the impact. Here's part of his presentation to the Finance Committee. Food supply chain hangovers due to the pandemic and the global impact of the invasion of Ukraine have enticed many to question the global nature of our food system. The entire planet operates under a 90-day production cycle of agricultural commodities. Canada's contribution occurs obviously in the fall along with the U.S. and parts of Europe. About 15% of all calories on earth come from wheat. Corn covers a lot of caliphate ground as well. With Ukraine coupled with sanctions against Russia, our global wheat deficit this year will be a significant challenge given that 25% of wheat exports come from that region. And India's decision today to ban exports of wheat will only make things worse. We are going to be short on wheat, corn, barley, and many other commodities. By the time we're done with 2022, it is likely that more than 100 million more people uh, will experience either famine or acute hunger, something that the world has never seen before. Canada will be fine food access wise, but food will get more expensive. Poor nations will always lose access to their food supply first, while richer nations like Canada will secure food supplies by paying more. Poor countries have no capacity to store calories at all. Germany, typically a big buyer of Ukrainian commodities, stated retail food prices could increase by as much as 50% this year. Commodity traders are already buying and even hoarding what they can get to secure supplies needed for the next several months. That's Canada's food professor, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The railways have settled into some steady service after a shaky winter at times. CP filled 99% of railcar orders in shipping week 39, with CN coming in at 93%. Milt Poyer with QGI Consulting monitors railway performance on behalf of the Ag Transport Coalition, made up of grain companies and a variety of producer organizations. What we have seen now for the last two, three, four weeks for both CN and CP is consistent performance. So good is great, but good and consistent is better. And they seem to have gotten there. A long wait, as I said before, but no doubt welcome. He goes on to say, Both railways were really good in all three provinces, which is you know not something that we've seen a lot of this year. But when we look uh, back over the last uh, three, four weeks, what we see is much like at the top level for the system, 
All the provinces are seeing, you know, 85% or better order fulfillment on a weekly basis from both railways. The improved performance can be attributed at least in part to less grain moving to Thunder Bay, the West Coast, and United States. Some shippers are kind of signaling that we haven't seen as low as it's going to get. People tend to refer to sweeping out the bins when you get to the last two weeks of July in this industry. Some conversations I've had with shippers are suggesting that they might start sweeping out the bins in the middle of June this year. So it's tough to say. I mean, it's definitely going to go down. It always goes down at this time of year. Probably the biggest concern on people's minds now is looking forward to the next grain year. And there are some early indications that 2022-23 is going to be, quote unquote, a more normal harvest. So in the 65 to 75 million ton range. Poirier's comments come from the Grain by Train podcast produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. Stats Canada reports there was an approximate 3% decline in the volume of wheat milled and made into flour last year. Canadian millers milled 3.1 million tonnes of wheat, with flour production coming in at 2.4 million tonnes. About 94% of the wheat milled between August 2020 and July 2021 went for human food uses, mostly in Canada, but some for export as well. The amount of durum wheat milled fell even further, 11%, to 209,000 tonnes. The lower milled wheat and flour production in Canada coincides with a 38% drop in wheat production due to drought conditions over all three prairie provinces last summer. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I'm Kelvin Hepner for Real Agriculture and joined on this episode of the Soybean School by Jeanette Goche of BASF and Jeanette talking about fertility in soybeans heading into the, the growing season. Uh, we've of course heard some discussion out of Ontario when it comes to do we need to fertilize our beans? How do we make that, that decision? Here in the West there are some different things to consider. Yep, and actually I watched the Real Ag episode with Horse Bonner and it's interesting that despite how different we are, that message is really on point for the West as well. So I would say if you're interested, go check that one out. Um, But yeah, there are definitely some differences and a few things that pop to mind are maybe iron deficiency, chlorosis, and maybe the way that we look at inoculation. Okay, so with IDC there isn't really anything we can do about it other than genetic selection which variety you select that is that the message that's right it's really not a fertility problem and really we see it in the west and not the east uh, because of our soil properties so it's uh, the presence of calcium and magnesium in those alkaline soil phs that just tie up that iron and that's why we see the iron deficiency chlorosis uh, not because the iron's not necessarily there And so, yeah, there's some work done, maybe looking at chelated irons, but typically we find that actually just choosing a a soybean variety that has good tolerance to IDC is probably the best way to go. And I don't have a copy here with me, but in uh, your seed Manitoba, that's a great place to look. Uh, Manitoba Agriculture, in partnership with the Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers, do a really good job of of looking at all the different varieties, giving them an IDC score so that growers can choose the best uh, depending on what the risk is for a field for IDC. Okay, shifting then to inoculation. Uh, Here in the West, I guess we have more just on time inoculating happening on farm or, or just as you pick up the seed kind of thing? 
That's exactly what I'd call it. It's definitely not picking up that bag of pre-treated, pre-inoculated seed. Um, so it definitely gives us some flexibility or maybe some different options. And then that ties in well with, we definitely have equipment differences out west here too. So maybe 30% of our acres, soybean acres are, are, are planted. I can say planted. Um, whereas the rest would be solid seeded. So this ties into what some of our options are too. So again, those commercial treaters are often putting on uh, a liquid on seed when they're doing the seed treatment. And then the other options that can tie in would be a granular, which is an option with our seeders. Not so much with a planter, but they might be looking at uh, in-furrow liquid, for example. Okay. So this year, again, well, maybe even more so than the last few years, we have extreme scenarios across the prairies. Here in Manitoba we have soils that have been saturated for, for weeks here in spring. Uh, out west, further west, it's extreme drought again. Uh, how do we factor that into our decisions around inoculation? Yeah, we've definitely, as soybeans have become a bigger part of, uh, I, I guess, the western crop rotation in areas of the west, we've definitely moved away from just recommending double inoculation right off the hop to maybe looking at a risk-based strategy. So if your inoculation is like an insurance policy, then double inoculation would be your premium package where you have the least amount of risk. Uh, single inoculation would be kind of that middle of the road and then no inoculation would be the riskiest. And for sure, we definitely have had soybeans long enough now that we are probably building up some residual populations. But as you mentioned, um, too dry is something that we hadn't really considered. But the last few years, we've actually seen some lines in the field where there's been single inoculation versus double inoculation. So just maybe, you know, seed going into really dry soil, just maybe desiccating a little bit. Um, and then we have definitely weathered some really wet years with soybeans and we do know they are aerobic uh, bacterium so they do need air and so if there is standing water in fields for longer periods of time you know over 24 hours we know that those populations are going to be impacted so definitely like to look at that um, we know that they're not native here we do have a, a longer crop rotation than other soybean growing areas as well so i think it'll be a unique decision to every farm but we do have a lot of options this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com the official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers or thunderstorm late this afternoon and tonight. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, becoming west 20 this afternoon. The high today, 23, the low 8. Tomorrow, cloudy, 30% chance of showers. Wind northwest 30, the high 16 for Wednesday, the low 8. Thursday, showers, the high 14. Evening rain showers or flurries and the low minus 1. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 10, the low 0. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 13, the low plus 3. 
Sunday, sunny, the high 17, the low 6. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 19. Normal high for this date is 20, the normal low is 4 degrees. The sun rose at 5.08 this morning. It sets at 8.42 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Coronac at 23 degrees, the cold spot 3 degrees at Collins Bay up north. Estevan is 19, Saskatoon 14, Swift Current 20, Weyburn 18, Yorkton is 12. Partly cloudy in Regina, 18 degrees, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 15, humidity is 56%, the barometer dropping 101.0. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 21, winds are from the south, southwest at 13. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is projecting a sharp drop in Ukraine's 2022 wheat crop. This is DTN's lead analyst, Told Holtman. Ukraine's production estimated this year at 21.5 million metric tons. That's down 11.5 from last year's production. But I think even more important than the production estimates for Ukraine this year are going to be the export estimates. How much of that crop that they're able to grow is able to make it out of the country and uh, that regard, USDA is estimating 10 million metric tons of uh, wheat will be exported from Ukraine in the upcoming new crop season. The USDA wheat ending stocks estimate for 2022-23 is 267 million tons. The market is going to get a better idea today and tomorrow how much drought has affected the hard red winter wheat crop in Kansas. Dave Green coordinates the Wheat Quality Council tour. We've got 80 four people coming. It's a big crowd for us. We normally would be in the 70s probably. There's a lot of concern about uh, Oklahoma and, and parts of Kansas that have been very dry. So there's quite a bit of people anxious to get, see us out there and uh, see if we can confirm really what the government here said last week. The U.S. winter wheat crop condition sits at 29% good to excellent, well behind last year's 49%. 68% of the U.S. winter wheat crop is under drought conditions. Harvest will begin in Texas within the next couple of weeks. This winter has been difficult for bees overwintering across Canada. The varroa mite combined with colder than normal temperatures have led to fewer bees surviving the winter. Jake Berg from Melfort is the chair of the Canadian Honey Council. Alberta, Manitoba, Ontario are all talking about kind of 45% losses as an average, um, Quebec is probably the hardest hit with about 60% losses on average. And Saskatchewan is sitting at about 30%, I believe, at the moment. Typically, we would expect 20 to 25% as a high number for losses, so that's quite elevated in the, in the sense of, of overwintering losses. About 80% of bees winter outside and 20% are kept indoors for the winter. I haven't had a chance yet to really start growing through the month of April. Most bees that are wintered outside um, are coming along, although they're not coming along nearly as quick as most would like. Natural pollen really hasn't started in most areas until the last few days. 
of course, depends on where in, in Western Canada you're at. And then uh, in some other areas where they've had uh, snow in the last, you know, in the last couple of weeks of April, well, that's uh, definitely a setback for the bees as well. Berg says it will take some time to rebuild bee stocks. The way back to normal, it's going to take at least one or you know possibly multiple rebuilding years for most producers. We typically bring in about 40,000 packages of bees into Canada every year. Although the, the better alternative is to make your own replacement stock, which is slowly becoming more of a avenue a lot of beekeepers are pursuing. It does take more time and more labor as well. Berg talks about the potential impact on honey production this year. I mean, it's yet to be seen at what level it will be impacted, but I would think that the Canadian honey crop will be below average uh, poundage-wise by, I would guess, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40%. Jake Berg is a beekeeper from Melford. He's also chair of the Canadian Honey Council. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A range management specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture in Kindersley has some advice on the timing of putting cattle on spring pasture. Cassandra Schroeder explains. Grain color is not actually the key consideration in determining if pastures are ready for cattle. Areas that look green first are sometimes the heavily grazed areas that need more rest. A couple things that are important to determine if the pasture is ready for grazing are the plant stage and grazing history. Most grasses need to reach the three to four leaf stage before they are tolerant of grazing. Grazing before this stage can weaken the roots, limit recovery, and reduce productivity later in the season. Delaying the start of grazing until the majority of grasses have reached at least the three-leaf stage can improve overall productivity and help maintain these desirable species in the stand. However, it's not always possible to defer grazing on all paddocks until this stage. So when it's necessary to graze earlier, it is extra important to have a good rotation that allows for plant recovery. The grazing of each field should be considered to ensure that spring grazing occurs on fields with sufficient carryover. A deferred grazing rotation can be used to prevent any particular field from being grazed first each spring and allow time for recovery after grazing events. Plants that are well rested will be better able to handle the stress of grazing early in the season. Pastures consist mostly of perennial plants, which is why grazing history and management in the previous year is important to consider when thinking about how a pasture will respond to early season grazing. Any grazing management that maintains strong, healthy plant populations will be better able to handle stresses like early season grazing. If grazing can't be delayed until after the three-leaf stage, then consider adapting grazing management plans to provide more opportunity for recovery. Although color isn't the main thing to look for in a pasture, we certainly hope for lots of green grass this grazing season. For more information on grazing management and other agricultural topics, contact your local Saskatchewan Regional Office or call the Ag Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. Coming up, Market Update. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber and Sask Pork. Perfect pork, our passion, our promise. Learn more at saskpork.com. 
and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose 12.20 at 11.44.62. Number one red spring wheat went down 33 cents at 5.97.81. The rest were unchanged. Durham 5.87.90. Feed barley 3.87.54. Flax 12.12.73. Lentils 932.50 per metric ton. Oats 391.53, yellow peas 617.33, feed wheat 378.30. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat rose six cents at $13.91 a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of May 17th. We had a regular sale on May 11th. D1 and D2 cows sold from 97 cents to $1.12. D3 cows sold from 85 cents to 96 cents. Counter cows sold from 50 cents to 65 cents. Heifrets sold from $1.30 to $1.50. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.38 with the odd sale up to $1.44. We had a few heifers at this sale, 600 to 650 pound heifers average. Averaged $1.90 and sold it to $1.94. 6.50 to 700 pound heifers averaged $1.89 and sold up to $1.92. 700 to 800 pound heifers averaged $1.79 and sold it to $1.83. And 800 to 900 pound heifers averaged $1.77 and sold it to $1.80. We had a handful of steers at this sale. They weighed between 7 and 800 pounds and they sold for $2.12. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And it's time now for the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,900 hogs Monday, selling a range of 229 to $244 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,100 head, selling a range of 226 to $241 per CKG. Ham's cash flow price today is mixed to four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar is up 39 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2888. Canadian dollar is currently trading at 77.86 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt region a dollar 80 U.S. dollar rate higher compared to the previous day, but trending notably lower relative to the week-ago benchmark. National formula regions are down 55 cents. Since February, the national regions have been trading in a relatively flat pattern, which is a little undercharacteristic as they typically move higher when supplies seasonally tighten and orders for the higher demand summer time frame start to get filled. The futures market has subsequently dialed back on its previous optimism and is trading at the pre-rally levels last seen in February. The pressure has been exacerbated by historically large managed money net liquidation over the course of the sell-off. Futures were up yesterday but were mixed to lower this morning. However, the nearby summer contracts have all turned higher through mid-trade. Producers should manage expectations on significant futures upside potential in the present marketing environment and recall that the fourth quarter hedging opportunities presently exist at record levels. And currently in Regina with partly cloudy skies, it's 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Moose Jaw, cloudy and 21, wind south-southwest at 13. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Coming up, the Resource Report. The Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. 
The Moe government says Saskatchewan is again leading the nation in year-over-year growth in the two key indicators of manufacturing sales and wholesale trade. In March, the value of wholesale trade in Saskatchewan increased 29% compared to the previous March, first in terms of percentage change among provinces. The increases in wholesale trade were led by farm products, food and beverage, and various merchant wholesaler categories. Saskatchewan's manufacturing sales rose 45% in March compared to a year ago, which was also first in terms of percentage change. The year-over-year increase in manufacturing sales was led by increases in the chemical, food and wood products manufacturing areas. Wholesale trade value in March was $3.2 billion, while manufacturing sales were worth over $2.2 billion. Urban housing starts for April show a rise of 44% compared to a year ago. On the markets, the TSX is up 271 points to 20,477. The Dow has risen 344 points to 32,568. Oil is unchanged at 114.20 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 14 one-hundredths of a cent at 77.97 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.